48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Steve Dunthorne. The headlines, Beijing's new top official in Hong Kong says he's confident normality will return to the SAR. Classes resume amid tight security at the Chinese University, two months after police and protesters clashed on campus. And eight more patients are isolated here as the number of cases of a mystery illness spikes in Wuhan. The new director of Beijing's liaison office here, Luohu Huining, says he's confident that Hong Kong will return to normal under the leadership of the chief executive, Carrie Lam, despite the worrying situation over the past six months. Speaking to reporters on his first day in office, the former Shanxi province chief said he wasn't ignorant of Hong Kong, despite having previously worked only on the mainland. In the past six months, the situation in Hong Kong is worrying, and people all earnestly hope that Hong Kong can return to normal. As President Xi Jinping said in his New Year message, without a peaceful environment, how can there be a home where people can live safely and work happily? I truly wish Hong Kong well, and Hong Kong compatriots well. The 65-year-old took no questions, but promised to meet the media again soon. He urged Hong Kong reporters to support the work of the liaison office. Mr. Law replaces Wang Jimin as the city grapples with its biggest political crisis in decades. A vice president of Beijing's top think tank on Hong Kong, Lo Shuikei, says Mr. Law's lack of previous ties to Hong Kong could prove to be a strength rather than a weakness. Beijing wants someone to have some kind of new mindset and they have a good political skill to take over Hong Kong's liaison office. Because in Beijing's eyes, the major problem facing Beijing is, of course, Hong Kong's turmoil, as well as the fact that Hong Kong has become a battleground between the United States and China. So it is quite possible that Beijing wants someone with good political status in China, as well as having a lot of experience in tackling political conflict, to come over to Hong Kong to deal with the Hong Kong situation. Security is tight at the shut-in campus of the Chinese University. Classes resumed today after almost two months since facilities were badly damaged by anti-government protesters. Barricades have been erected and more than 10 security guards have been stationed at an entrance linking the university to the MTR station to conduct ID checks on staff, students and register any visitors. This year, four student Roger says the security measures are appropriate. Yeah, I'm quite excited to be back. It's been like two months since the disruption happened. And yeah, I'm excited, but at the same time, very worried that things may fall apart again. Uh, I think peaceful protests will be completely fine, but violent is, is a bit of a worry. Eight more people have been isolated in Hong Kong hospitals after falling sick following visits to Wuhan. This comes as health authorities in the Huawei capital reported a spike in the number of cases of a mystery virus. But they say it's not a recurrence of SARS, as Alex Price reports. Health authorities in Wuhan say 59 people are now known to be affected by the viral pneumonia outbreak, up from 44 on Friday, but authorities still haven't identified the virus making them ill. At the same time, the number of cases classified as severe has dropped from 11 to 7. The Wuhan Municipal Health Commission said initial investigations have so far ruled out SARS, bird flu and MERS as the cause of the outbreak. SARS killed thousands of people around the world in 2003 and 2004, including 299 here in Hong Kong. 
Sources say a Chinese university student who fell ill yesterday after visiting Wuhan has tested negative for pneumonia or other known coronaviruses. She was sent to Prince of Wales Hospital. Cleaners have been sent to the dormitory where she lived. Many students there were seen wearing surgical masks. One of them told RTHK that another student who recently returned from Wuhan had been placed in a single room as a precaution. The Civic Party lawmaker Kwaka Ki, who is also a doctor, says he is attempting to raise an urgent question in the Legislative Council on the government's reaction to the Wuhan outbreak. He says the government hasn't done enough to react to the crisis and warned that, that the consequences of the disease spreading to Hong Kong could be disastrous. The percentage of occupation in the public hospitals is up to 130%, like in the Prince of Wales Hospital. And that is already posing a stress to the public hospital a lot. And not too long later, maybe less than three weeks, we are facing the Chinese New Year, which usually or traditionally will be the peak season of the hospital admission. If we, at this very moment, the travel between Hong Kong and mainland is going to like millions of travelers. If any spread or outbreak of this disease on this period, this will be a disaster to Hong Kong. The DAB has called on the financial secretary to hand more money to the place in his upcoming budget. The pro-establishment party met Paul Chan this morning and urged him to focus on restoring order. It suggested setting up a special team to clear Lenin walls and a 24-hour court to speed up prosecution of protest-related crimes. Its vice chairman, Holden Chow, says the government should establish a fund to help society recover from the protests. Many of our small and medium-sized enterprise, they suffer a lot during this uh, sort of social unrest. And many of them even suffer from their shops uh, being vandalized. And they do need to obtain some sort of funding to recover from this sort of uh, vandalization. So I think uh, if you ask what, what kind of help which we could offer in this kind of recovery fund. I think that is kind of example. We'll probably leave the details to for further discussion within the property. Lawmaker Chu Hai-dek has withdrawn an election petition against his barring from a rural election in 2018. He'd been banned for advocating self-determination for Hong Kong. Mr Chu said he decided to drop the High Court case because of potentially hefty legal costs. He also said after months of protests, it was clear that people to the people that a fundamental change was needed to the political system. Turning overseas, President Trump has stressed he's willing to target Iranian cultural sites in retaliation for the killing of Americans by Tehran. Tensions between the two countries are at boiling point following the US killing of one of Iran's most powerful figures, General Qasem Soleimani. Here's the BBC's Steve Jackson. When President Trump said on Saturday that Iranian cultural sites were potential targets for the US, officials within his administration tried to play down the threat, warning off the record that any such attacks would be counterproductive and immoral. But this response clearly angered Mr Trump. He has now insisted to reporters on his presidential plane that it would be appropriate to hit cultural targets to retaliate for Iranian attacks on US citizens. Damaging or destroying cultural heritage sites is regarded by the United Nations as a war crime, so Mr Trump would likely receive strong advice from within his administration not to do it. But the threat once again ups the ante in an already high-risk confrontation.
President Trump also said he'll impose very big sanctions on Iraq if its government adopted a parliamentary resolution to order American troops out of the country. He said the American air base in Iraq cost billions of dollars to build and US personnel wouldn't leave Iraq unless the authorities in Baghdad paid for it. The non-binding resolution in the Iraqi parliament was pushed through by the Shia Muslim bloc, which is close to Iran. Most Sunni and Kurdish MPs boycotted the vote. The leaders of Germany, France and Britain have called for Iran to avoid any measures that contravene the 2015 nuclear deal. The call came after Tehran effectively abandoned the agreement by saying it would no longer abide by a limit on nuclear enrichment. This comes at a time of extreme tension following the US airstrike in Iraq on Friday. Here's the BBC's Alan Johnston. President Trump hated the nuclear agreement, called it one of the worst in American history and abandoned it in the middle of 2017. Later, the Iranians started breaching elements of the accord in a phased way, but today they've gone much further. After a cabinet meeting, they said they would no longer respect any limits on the devices with which they enrich uranium, wouldn't respect any limit on the amount of uranium they could enrich or store, and of course, enriched uranium is what can be used in nuclear weapons. The embattled Australian Prime Minister Scott Morrison has promised to spend 1.4 billion US dollars to help his country recover from the continuing bushfire crisis. He said this will be spent over two years and that further funds would be provided if needed. This is not just in those areas that are experiencing fires now. They are in those areas that have already experienced fires, particularly up in Queensland and northern New South Wales. And sadly, as there are many months still to go in this fire season, um, those parts of the country which still may yet face great risk of fire impact in the, in the future. Scientists in Britain have developed a new test for urinary tract infections using smartphones, which they say could speed up diagnosis from several days to a matter of minutes. Here's the BBC's Catherine de Costa. The technology identifies the presence of harmful E. coli bacteria, which is present in around 80% of bacterial UTIs. The concentration of E. coli in the patient's urine sample is measured by analysing an image taken using a smartphone camera. Instead of taking several days to be tested in a lab, the team say their technique is simple and takes less than half an hour. The test still needs to undergo clinical trials and scientists will also begin working on refining the procedure to detect other bacteria. The British filmmaker Sam Mendes has won the Golden Globe for Best Director for his first World War epic 1917. It's also been named Best Drama Film. Mendes based the film on his grandfather's experiences in the trenches as a teenage soldier. The BBC's David Willis is in Los Angeles. There's been a theme of the acceptance speeches tonight. It's not been anything political per se. It's been about the Australian wildfires, and those fires actually kept one of the winners tonight, Russell Crowe, away from uh, Hollywood and the Golden Globes ceremony itself. Um, a statement was read on his behalf about the effects and his concerns about the effects of global warming. But elsewhere, we've seen victories tonight for uh, Quentin Tarantino, Patricia Arquette, Sam Mendes and Elton John and Bernie Taupin in the film categories. Markets a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 28,268, 181 points down on the previous close. Currency is the US dollars trading at 
1.03 yen, the euro stands at 1 US dollar 11 cents, and the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 17 cents. Sport now, here's Atom Chung. The NFL's divisional playoff matchups are set following the completion of the wildcard round on Sunday with wins for the Minnesota Vikings and the Seattle Seahawks. The Vikings upset the Saints in New Orleans, winning 26-20 in overtime. Kyle Rudolph's winning touchdown was set up by a spectacular 43-yard completion from Kirk Cousins to Adam Thielen, who made an over-the-shoulder catch just outside the end zone. The Vikings will face the San Francisco 49ers in the NFC Divisional Round on Saturday. In Philadelphia, the playoff debut of Carson Wentz lasted only eight snaps. The Eagles quarterback was knocked out of the game after taking a helmet-to-helmet hit from the Seattle Seahawks defensive end Jadavion Clowney. The Seahawks took control after that and they went on to win 17-9 to set up a meeting with the Green Bay Packers. The AFC wildcard round wrapped up yesterday with Houston beating Buffalo to set up a meeting with Kansas City. Tennessee ousted New England and will face top-seeded Baltimore. Next to the English FA Cup, where Liverpool's youngsters have knocked Everton out. 18-year-old Curtis Jones grabbed the Merseyside Derby's only goal with a curling shot from 25 yards out. That sent Liverpool into the fourth round, enough to impress their manager, Jurgen Klopp. It was un- unbelievable. Individual performances tonight from the kids, but from the um, adults as well. <laughs> it was an incredible game, with, um, decided by a sensational goal from a scouser. What can I, I cannot wish for more. Tottenham were held to a one-all draw away to second-tier Middlesbrough. Spurs fielded a full-strength team that fell behind early in the second half but equalized through Lucas Moura. Callum Hudson-Odoi scored one and set up another in Chelsea's 2-0 win over Nottingham Forest. Ross Barkley scored Chelsea's second from close range. Here's their boss, Frank Lampard. These games are not easy. When they make changes, it doesn't mean it's an easier game. When we do, it doesn't also mean that it's going to be um, a big injection. Players that have been out, you can't expect too much. You want to see an intention. If I had a, uh, one thing to say negatively, it would be, did, can, did we push on from there in the second half? Did we keep creating enough chances to score three, four, five goals? No, we didn't. Um, and I would have liked to have said a bit more. Ten-man Crystal Palace were beaten 1-0 by second-tier Derby County. Chris Martin scored the winner for the visitors before Palace had captain Luka Milivojevic sent off in the second half. Sheffield United avoided an FA Cup scare. They came through 2-1 against AFC Fylde, the last non-league club left in the competition. West Ham also progressed after beating Gillingham 2-0. And that's your look at sports. To end the news, our top story again. Beijing's new top official in Hong Kong says his confident normality will return to the SAR. The news from RTHK. Gonna go to school today
today she's gonna make them stay at home Daddy doesn't understand it He always said she was good as gold And he can see no reasons Cause there are no reasons What reason do you need to be shown? Types to a waiting world. A mother feels so shocked. Father's world is rocked, and the thoughts turn to their own little girl. Sweet 16 ain't that peachy keen. Now I ain't so need to admit defeat. They can see no reasons, cause there are no reasons. What reasons do you need? Good afternoon and welcome to the 123 Show with me, Sadia Osmani. 
My thanks to Phil for the morning brew. And we kicked off the show today with the Boomtown Rats and I don't like Monday. But I know you like Monday. And let me just tell you what's on our Monday show today. My Monday mover and shaker is Keith Chan, Hong Kong-born founder of the Interior Design.